0: Now, here are your hosts, Kyle and Lolita. Hey,
1: everyone, and welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Lolita, also joined by Kyle. Before we get started, please make sure to head over to our website, aptcapitalgroup.com, and grab our free passive investor's guide. Also, if you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with Kyle on our website as well. All right, time to get into our show. On the show today, we have Lawrence Jankolo joining us. Lawrence, thanks for being here. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Awesome. Before we head into the interview, here's a little bit about Lawrence. Lawrence is the co-founder of Avail, which is an all-in-one software solution designed for do-it-yourself landlords. Lawrence and his family immigrated to the U.S. when he was just 10 years old from South Africa, and with his hardworking spirit and together with his co-founder, they developed the idea for the company on a napkin and now solves the needs of thousands of landlords and renters. Lawrence is also a long-term real estate investor with a passion for three-unit multifamily properties. So what a cool little story, and we can't wait to hear how this idea on a napkin grew and exploded into what it is today.
3: Join us at the Asset Management Virtual Summit on September 24th through October 4th. It's a 14-day content-packed event for multifamily operators and asset managers with over 1,000 attendees and over 30 amazing speakers. You will hear from experts about investor relations, maximizing revenue, building systems, KPIs, and so much more. Go to amsummit2020.com to grab your free ticket. Discover the best asset management strategies all in one place. We'll see you at the Asset Management Virtual Summit.
1: So Lawrence, can you please take it from here and tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do?
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for that intro. That's really great. You know, the napkin idea, we, we actually had the napkin framed in our office for a little bit. Ryan and I were on a flight, I forget where we were headed, and uh, at that time we were working full time. I think we were going on vacation somewhere, just the two of us as friends, and we just on an airplane started writing out, this is what we wanted to do, I, I, I think we lost that napkin, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. starting back, you know, I started my career as a risk and business consultant um, here in Chicago, full time, right out of school as a finance major. Well, the beauty about being a finance major is you realize you want some passive income streams, you want some financial independence, but right out of school, you never have the money for that. And so, you know, you tend to go down this path of getting your you know, real job or a career started just so you can get some initial capital. And then, you know, working four or five years, finally got some capital to buy my first rental property, which I did here in Chicago, it was a three-unit brownstone, which is very common in Chicago. And, uh, you know, you mentioned in the bio, like, I have a passion for three flats. And it's not necessarily the three flats that I have a passion for. It's, it's really like, that's what's affordable in Chicago. But anyway, so became a landlord, started working at Goldman Sachs, um, doing data analytics there until one day, Ryan and I were like, look, we can't be in corporate jobs anymore. It's soul crushing. And we've been managing these properties on the side. And uh, we decided, hey, we're going to go and try to build a business to help ourselves. And hopefully there's a market for others as well.
3: Perfect. Thanks for that intro. And obviously today we're going to be talking a little bit about DIY landlords. And so going back to Avail, you mentioned you were on a flight, you kind of wrote it on the back of a napkin. So why did you decide to start Avail specifically?
2: Yeah, well, we were rental property owners ourselves. I had the one three flat at the time and Ryan was managing two single family homes. And him and I would actually go around passing Excel sheets to each other a lot and that's how we managed our properties. I w- we would have a rent roll in Excel and I would just have a list of the three units and there's actually six tenants in those three units. And so you would just, did, have, did Emily pay? Yes. And you'd highlight the cell in green. And then we would in Excel like merge cells together, color them and then print it out and that would be our rental application. And I, you know, I would be screening a tenant and I'd be like, Hey, here's my cell generated rental application, please fill it out. And it just didn't feel very professional. And Ryan and I were working these long hours. It didn't make sense for us to spend so much time kind of creating these manual systems and processes to do what professionals do. And so we went out looking for tools and software to help us just so we could stay focused on our careers. And we didn't see anything. And so we were getting frustrated by that. And we were getting frustrated working in these large corporate entities. And so we decided, hey, let's nail two birds with one stone, we'll quit our jobs. So we don't have to be in corporate America anymore, but then we'll start this to solve the need that we have. Essentially, the, the genesis for us, we're trying to solve our own pains and, and try to find something.
3: Yep. That's usually how uh, great things start. So uh, tell us a little bit more about what Avail is, Can kind of give the high level details of what it can do for your customers.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Uh, I love talking about Avail. <laughs> so. What it does is it's an all-in-one suite of tools for landlords to manage their rental properties. So it does everything from helping you find tenants, you create a listing with us on Avail. And then rather than creating listing on 15, 20 different websites, we'll just take your listing and we syndicate it everywhere. So that you're only having to do that action once, saves you a ton of time. All those leads from all those different websites will flow right into Avail so that you can manage them right there. And you know, having to log in or check emails on every single one of those. From there, we hook into TransUnion to give access to credit reports, criminal background checks, eviction checks. So the landlord has access to professional screening reports that, you know, property managers would normally have access to. And on the flip port for tenants, we provide a lot of security around it. Because normally, if you're providing your social security number on a piece of paper, that's much more easily lost than having it encrypted in the database that the landlord can't even see. So we, tr- we provide a lot of safety and security. We give a lot of access to the tenants to decide, okay, what data can the landlord see? Can't they see? We give them the ability to revoke an application once they've shared it, which you can't normally do with paper. From there, we provide state and city specific lease agreements to use so that you don't have to go to a lawyer to get them to draft one. Ours are entirely customized. They're updated annually, and then they can be signed online. So both the landlord and tenant would log into their accounts to sign their lease agreements. And then tenants can switch payments through the portal as well. So they would log in monthly or set up auto pay, and their rent would just be auto debited and deposited to the landlord. And then the last piece is the ability to schedule maintenance tickets or requests through the system.
3: Okay. Does Avail also kind of track income and expenses and you know, your mortgage? And so you can just print out like a Schedule E for your taxes and things like that?
2: Yeah, we, some of it. I mean, we have a huge product roadmap that's going to take care of the rest, but the, the beginning part, the revenue side, it captures everything perfectly. So all of the rental income will flow directly to a report that you can use to build your Schedule E for tax reporting. And we don't track the expense side, which is the bigger piece to track, but that's in our roadmap. We're working on that. We expect to release that hopefully February in time for tax season. Okay.
3: And so where'd the name Avail come from? Is there a, a little background on, on how you named it that?
2: Yeah, well, we we used to be called okay, which was kind of a combination of rentals and solutions, and you'd smash them together, and you get this very functional name that I think described what we do. But when we did that, we had no clue about branding. It didn't really stand for anything. It didn't have like a, a bigger picture to us. And so we actually did a rebrand about two years ago, um, and we chose Avail because we felt like Avail was more in line with what we were trying to do, which is, especially for Do-It-Yourself, which is our target audience helping them help themselves is much in the sense of like avail oneself of something. And then we just wanted to pivot a little bit on the branding to focus more on the education, the process, the self guidance, and not just the tools, although the tools are very sophisticated. And so we did that rebranding. And uh, we did exercises in our office, we were doing throwing stuff on whiteboards, and it came out of now available, in some ways. So that's the first thing, if a unit's available, you're now available. And then we just shortened available to avail. And that kind of met our needs, our branding perspective.
3: Okay. Tell us a little more. You, talk, you touched on it, but how does it work from the tenant's perspective? Are they paying for your service as well, or is it just the landlord? And are they utilizing your tool for more than just basically their initial application and then paying rent?
2: Yeah. So great question. Pricing-wise, by the way, for both the landlord and the renter, it's free. Oh, wow. So they can both do everything on the site for free. There are some premium plans that a landlord can sign up for also extremely cheap. So if the landlord finds that they need a little more customizations or advanced features, it's $5 per unit per month. So extremely cheap relative to a property manager who might be $1,000 a month. You know, you're talking $5 a month. So, and then on the renter side, it's typically free all the way through for them, especially if the landlord's on one of those premium plans. Otherwise, the renter essentially pays for the credit report if one was requested. Okay, and That'd be, that'd be the only fee. Got it.
3: And so how many users do you currently have right now? Or how many I guess units under management?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with users. We we have a unit number, but we like talking in terms of people instead of units or doors. So we have 600,000 landlords and tenants currently using the platform.
3: Oh, wow. Okay. And do you want to go into more of those premium uh, models? Is there just one more premium? So you pay 5 bucks a month and you get a little bit extra features? Or are there further um, extensions of it?
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's really simple. It's just those two options. So we, you have the unlimited plan, which is free for as many units as you want for all of the services I mentioned previously. So the listing syndication, tenant screening, the leasing, the rent collection, the maintenance, all that's included. And then there's the unlimited plus plan, which is you know still unlimited units, but what it does is it allows you to customize more. So we'll give you a city and state specific lease, for instance, but then if you want to write your own clause and add it there or you want to update one of our clauses, you can click right into it and make the edits right there and saves and then that will save as a template for you going forward. So that would be an example of a premium feature on payments. Normally payments process over three business days. We wait for the funds to clear before it hits the landlord's account on the premium plan. It's only one business day we're able to do more things, they just cost us money. So we, you know, we put on the lead into the premium plan. On the tenant screening side, you can write uh, your own custom application questions if you want, versus our out-of-the-box ones. On the listing side, coming soon is more flexibility on which websites you want to syndicate your listing to. You may want to skip one or two of them Maybe you had bad luck with them, or you get too much uh, spam from one site, and you want to kind of cut that one out. So customization, I think, is the the big key differentiator between the two plans. Most landlords don't need customization. In fact, I would argue most of them shouldn't even have it, especially if you're a novice landlord. You should really use the out-of-the-box stuff. You avoid a lot of the risks. We t- spend so much time making sure that what you do is done correctly so you don't violate the housing laws, you don't violate local ordinances, which happens a lot on leases. So The out-of-the-box stuff is what most people should do. It's really the professionals who know what they're doing want to customize. Okay, and you operate in all 50 states? We're in all 50 states. I think it was something like 18,000 zip codes.
3: Oh, wow, awesome. All right, so what about the maintenance piece? You mentioned maintenance calls. Can you talk a little bit more about how that works from both sides, tenant side and uh, landlord side?
2: Yeah, absolutely, so for a tenant, if something breaks, for instance, call it the toilet, whatever it is, maybe it's just not flushing or whatever it is. (laughs) They'll log in to avail and they'll just create a ticket. They'd set the urgency to urgent, and that will both text and email the landlord. The landlord has the option of adding a contractor that they've worked with in the past directly to tickets. So if that was the case, this would auto forward to whatever contractor they put in the system. If the landlord doesn't have one, when they log in, they'll see that we've surfaced a bunch of Yelp suggested contractors that they can work with, and then the landlord would choose one of those or do their own research and then coordinate with that person to fulfill the work order. So that person would then go on site if the tenant's home, they'll let them in even better, complete the order and then everyone would mark, change the status and communicate through the ticketing portal. So that can be done on a mobile device or online. It can do it through text message too. So if you just want to keep a specific phone number, you would just text it back and forth and it would enter through the system as well. There are a bunch of things in the roadmap that we want to enhance in this area as well that we're super excited about. We would love the idea of a contractor can just see the open requests and bid on them and then you can choose a, and accept a bid. There's a bunch more coordinating we want to do around actually having the contractor or maintenance person enter the unit without the landlord having to be there. But for us, most of our landlords actually want to be on site some of the time so they can see what kind of state the unit itself is in.
3: What about payment on that? Is there like a deposit that that the the landlord has to put in, or is it paid upon completion?
2: Yeah, currently the payment is offline for us, so that is handled between the contracting service and the landlord themselves. So that's something. Uh, we'll be adding as well in addition to obviously paying other bill pay pieces too so mortgages and those things that's a a module we're working on adding now is more like a bill pay, which would handle that
3: okay so no upcharge or anything for the maintenance piece from the landlord side from avail
2: yeah no upcharge at all i mean we're so different than a property manager there's we're not charging to fulfill the unit. we're not charging to fulfill work orders you're just this is the software a part of our part of our ethos is keep more of your money so if you can manage it yourself, one, you're going to learn a ton, but you're going to save so much money and nobody treats your properties like you would. So that's part of why we built it, and how we built it is to enable the landlords to do everything themselves while also saving a ton of time because we don't want them spending all the time in the world just to save some pennies here or there.
3: Yep. What about for an out-of-state investor? I mean, I think about someone like myself, I have some single family homes in the Midwest. If I was self-managing, let's just say one was to go vacant. Does Avail help anywhere with the turn of the property? Maybe getting someone in there to clean it, get it rent ready, and then also lease up. You know, that's kind of a struggle for an out-of-state investor. Who do I have that can actually show the property? Ultimately, choose the right resident. You know, I know you're doing it with the background checks and things like that. But is there a process in place that can help with that for out-of-state?
2: Yeah, unfortunately, it's not perfect for out-of-state. I think you you can do it. Um, we have a lot of customers who are managing out-of-state properties. My two buildings that I have now are actually pretty close to where I live. So it doesn't apply to me, but I find that I'm almost never on site uh, even today. Where you need to go on site is typically showings. So you've got, you've got the upcoming vacancy and now you've lined up 10 people who want to come by and see it. What I do now is I, I coordinate with the existing tenant and that tenant I incentivize to open, show the place. And the way I incentivize them, I just give them 50 bucks off for that month and they're willing for 50 bucks to do. Four or five hours of showings in that month. And that does a couple of things that I find are hugely beneficial. One, they know the neighborhood and they can describe it. And two, they're incentivized to then clean up the unit a little bit because they're the ones doing the showing. They the, they don't want to be embarrassed. So I find like it's two birds with one stone. Whereas if I'm on site, they don't clean up because they, they don't see the other human face to face. So that's what I would encourage an offsite landlord to do who's using us is just work with their tenants to do those things. Now, if you don't have a tenant in the unit, to do those showings, then you'd have to figure out an alternative path. to so friends, family, something like that, or you'd have to make the, the trip once every year or two. And if it's off site, you're probably incentivized to try to do two or three year leases.
3: Yep. Makes sense. What are some other systems that DIY landlords should have in place?
2: Yeah. Well, for one, you don't really want your personal information going out. So I would recommend that they try to set up some sort of voiceover internet where they can receive phone calls and text. I, myself, I use G Suite for my rental properties and then have a Google Voice number. I coordinate all of that because I don't want my private phone number going out to everybody. So that would be huge. I would look at if you have a communication module like that, plus some sort of online suite of tools, whether it's Avail or someone else, the combination of those those two things is extremely powerful.
3: Okay. Have you seen any of your systems or processes or maybe just in the market industry in general change since COVID-19?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, people aren't, uh, even more so now, they're not going on site. Like you mentioned how to obviously, you know, owners do it, but um, now you don't even want to be on site anyway. So we've seen a lot change with how you do screening, how you do showings, certainly face masks. So I actually sent a box of the disposable face masks to each of the tenants so that if someone needs to come in, they've got a disposable face mask that they can require the person to use or the, they themselves use. Although that was early on, so now everyone has their own mask. But You might want to think about that as a landlord, just have masks readily available. The other thing is, you know, maybe send hand sanitizer, have those readily available. Our data shows that there's also been a huge shift in the seasonality of rentals. So there is a seasonality component. Typically like the rental season is April 1st through September or August 31st, and we've seen it shift by maybe 30 to 60 days already just in our data. So that's a huge trend that's changing. Normally that's hard to do because of schools and moving and everything, but because everything went you know, online, it, we've seen a shift. I'd say other processes that change is more landlords are looking for ways to be contactless. So you're seeing a lot more on the payment side, they don't want checks mailed to them anymore. So we're seeing a lot more customers, disproportionate number of customers sign up for online rent collection versus our other services than in the past. There's, there's been a lot of change, honestly. Yeah,
3: awesome. Anything else about Avail that we haven't talked about that you want to share with uh, our listeners?
2: Um, obviously, not, not necessarily about Avail. I like your question around like what processes or systems do I use or what I recommend. I think for your listeners, especially if they're new or maybe they're one or two years into it, they should be setting up some sort of system or process so they can be consistent. They can you know, make sure they're not violating any laws or anything like that, save themselves some time. So whether it's Avail or not, they should set up something. They want to know what a good tenant screening process is, what's a good way to find and pre-screen tenants. How can you go about collecting rents so that you are fair to tenants, you're not making one-off deals with one tenant that you wouldn't do for the other, which could get you into some legal trouble? They should set up that. They should create their own standard lease if they can't get one online from somewhere. And then also be careful on where you get your resources from. Because when I started, I went to Staples and picked up a lease package from Staples. And that's the most invalid lease you can possibly get. So. They want to make sure that whatever resources they're using are good for where they live or where the rental property is.
3: Yep, makes sense. All right, and you touched on this a little bit earlier, but your passion for three unit buildings, it kind of intrigued me when I read your bio. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I know you mentioned it was more the price point than anything, but three unit buildings, you know, it's a
2: niche for sure. So tell us why you like them. Yeah, well, first it starts with where you can buy your properties. You just mentioned you're an out-of-state investor. A lot of the times people become out-of-state investors because where they live, property prices are too expensive to make money, especially if you pair that with a property manager. So if you're in like the Southern California area, for instance, super expensive. And so there's two ways to make it work. The first is buy out of state or the second is to not use a property manager because the second you use a property manager, you're paying 10% or more to someone else. And that basically erases your margins completely. So for me, the way that translates is how I can make it work for me in Chicago, which is also a very expensive market is I have to manage it myself to not have to pay the property manager, but I also have to change it to three unit buildings because then you get a small amount of economy of scale, but you're not going 20 units where it's unaffordable. And that's actually a very frothy market where they're overpriced as well. Same thing on the single family side. It's really expensive buying single family homes because people buy those on an emotional basis, not necessarily as an investor. And so people buy single-family homes to live in, they look at quartz countertops, and they're like, this is really nice, and you get a 30%, 50% premium because that's they can view themselves living there. So then you get into this niche of you know, these three-unit or five-unit buildings which aren't super big where you can't afford them and aren't single-family homes where you're competing with emotional investors or emotional homeowners. And uh, this, that's essentially why I do those and that therefore they're close to me, affordable, and that makes sense.
3: Yeah, makes sense. Awesome, Lolita's gonna take us into our final four questions, are you ready?
2: Yeah, I'm ready.
1: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by asset protection attorney, Wayne Patton. We all spend a lot of time thinking about ways to make more money, but how much time have you spent thinking about legal strategies to protect your wealth? Whether you're a professional, an investor, or an entrepreneur, you are at risk of being targeted in a lawsuit. Wayne is an attorney who specializes only in asset protection strategies, like the use of offshore trusts. If you'd like to learn more about how you can protect your assets, visit mwpatton.com or assetprotection.law. Mention this podcast and Wayne will waive his customary $750 initial consultation fee. Again, the website is mwpatton.com or assetprotection.law. Or you can call Wayne at 877-727-1092. Call now and get protected today. All right, Lawrence, here we go. This may seem like an obvious question, but I've got to ask it anyways. What is the one tool you use in real estate investing that you could not do without?
2: Sure. Well, I mentioned two tools already. The first one was Avail. And I would definitely encourage someone to have some sort of operational tool or something like that. The second one was G Suite which helps me think of my business as my rental properties as a business. You know, you set up in a professional environment where you can do phone calls and email and have a dedicated domain behind it. Those are the two tools I would recommend everybody use. And then the third kind of thing is setting up some sort of to-do list for yourself, whether that's pen and paper as a tool. I think of it as a tool or you use some online thing, set up that to-do list so that you can keep track of everything you're supposed to do.
1: Can you tell us a story about your biggest mistake in real estate investing? And what is the main takeaway for our listeners?
2: Yeah, well, with my first rental property, I bought it from a friend that I worked with who was moving out of town. And I think I misestimated how much deferred maintenance there was on the building. you, You can easily go in there and you can be, oh, three units. It's it's currently getting this much rent, this is the amount he's asking for, and you can calculate out what your net operating income's gonna be. And I didn't factor in so much the deferred maintenance. So that first two years, I was spending a lot more money on maintenance than I had planned on doing. And for me, I don't like having deferred maintenance because I, w- I want a quality environment for those tenants to live in. So even so much as like replacing the windows, I hadn't thought about, but that was essentially the first thing we did so that the air quality was great. You couldn't hear noise from the street. So, wish I had estimated the cost of deferred maintenance better.
1: What is it that you need to do now to grow your life to the next level?
2: Well, I focus a lot on learning. I love learning. It's one of the reasons I was super excited to do a startup. And uh, just the amount of learning that happens when you go out on your own and you don't have a boss to go and ask, hey, how do I do this? You got to figure it out, was huge for me. And so, my path forward is always about learning. So, I like to get my hands dirty with everything we do, you know, Ryan and I, we couldn't hire an engineer when we first started the business. So we actually rolled up our sleeves, taught ourselves to code and built the platform ourselves. I think now we're entering a phase where a lot more learning has to occur on like finance side of our business. And how do we think about capital expenditures differently than we have before? So I'm excited to, to learn those new things, which should set me up for success in the next five years.
1: Great. And last but not least, where can people find out more about you?
2: Well, certainly about Avail, they can go to avail.co, avail.co. And I'm happy for listeners to reach out to me directly. You know, I love having conversations with landlords, uh, property owners. So if anyone wants to email me and start a dialogue, they can reach me at Lawrence at avail.co. So L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E at avail.co.
1: Awesome. Lawrence, you've been great. Congrats to you and Ryan on all the success with Avail. We appreciate your time and for being on the show.
2: Great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lawrence.
1: Thanks for
0: listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate group on Facebook so you can connect with Kyle and Lolita and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so that you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, head on over to limitless-estates.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Kyle and Lolita, sign up on the Contact Us page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.